uh, they call it cooperation. You know, it, it is it is as much about competing as it is cooperating. And they they the ultimate champion in these tournaments is not the team who scores the highest on the competition floor. It is the sum of all the act, you know, all the components. And so those kinds of actions teach kids just as much as winning on that particular competition floor. Those are the ones that end up getting the champions awards. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What is going on, all of you amazing abundant leaders out there? You know who I am. Either because you've been listening to Men of Abundance for quite some time, over three years, maybe, or you just heard my voiceover guy say my name. In any case, this is the Men of Abundance podcast where we are proving to you that you can, in fact, live a life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness on your way to having more. Now, I've got a lot of episodes to pump out this week, not just for Men of Abundance, but also for my other podcast, Business Owner Growth. If you're a business owner, make sure you go search Business Owner Growth. You can find it at businessownergrowth.com or on any of your podcast players out there. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. But I've got a lot of content that I'm pushing out this week and next week. So I'm just going to get right into it. I'm going to be pumping out these episodes and I'm going to be introducing you to these conversations, amazing conversations that we're having over here on Men of Abundance and so many more to come. And listen, being a man of abundance, being a person of abundance, living a life of abundance includes giving. You absolutely must give. Giving is the highest level of happiness. And I'm going to make you super happy right now because I'm going to afford you the opportunity to pay it forward and share Men of Abundance with others. Take a screenshot of your phone. If you're listening on a podcast player, take a screenshot of your phone, share it, hashtag MOA, hashtag Men of Abundance, hashtag Abundance, all that cool stuff, even hashtag Wally Carmichael whatever, just so that people can find Men of Abundance. And also, you know, quite a few people, most of the people that listen to podcasts listen on iTunes. I don't know if you're listening on iTunes. I don't listen on iTunes anymore because I traded in my iPhone for an Android. I know, I know I'm hearing all the grumbles and all the cheers from either side. But nonetheless, go over to iTunes if you have the opportunity and share a rating and review on iTunes. I cannot tell you how important that is. You podcasters out there know exactly how important that is. But those of you who are not creating content like this on a podcast, I'm telling you it is extremely important for you to share a rating and review on iTunes so that it can get pushed up in the search engines because basically everything comes from iTunes when it comes to podcasts. Now there I just gave you two very simple ways to give today right now right after you get done with this episode or even during it you can still do it while you're listening to the episode share men of abundance with others go do a rating and review. And if you just did one or both of those things, you are totally awesome. I greatly appreciate you. If you didn't, look, it's okay. I know you're going to give in another way because you want to be a person of abundance. You want to be a man of abundance and live a life of abundance. So you know you got to give one way or another. 
Now, our featured guest today is Andrew Rose, and he's got a very long bio that I'm not going to share all of it here right now, but go to the show notes of this episode and check out Andrew's bio. It's very impressive, but I'm not going to read it all here today. I want to get into our conversation. Now, Andrew Rose has worked in the insurance industry for over 12 years. And guys, insurance doesn't sound very sexy, but when it comes to being a man of abundance, you have to have your finances straight. And in order for to have your finances straight and your family taken care of while you're on this planet and beyond, insurance, unfortunately, is a very important aspect of building wealth. And living a life of abundance, not just for yourself, but for your family once you're gone. So anyway, this is a different type of insurance, but he's been in the insurance industry for over 12 years. And he's worked for many different companies, including Progressive, Countrywide, Elephant Insurance, in several high-profile capacities. Andrew is a graduate of Virginia Tech and the Darden School of Business at the University of Virginia. His experience in the industry gives him a unique insight as the head of Compare.com, an auto insurance comparison engine designed to bring real auto insurance comparison to the United States. A graduate of Virginia Tech and the Darden School of Business at the University of Virginia, Andrew saw Compare.com as a chance to help the average American consumer find a great price for auto insurance as well as great coverage. Compare.com is the first and largest true comparison website which works directly with insurance carriers to provide customers side-by-side comparison for car insurance. Of course, Andrew is more than just his job. He's a happily married family man, Ironman triathlete, and avid marathoner. He's completed the Boston Marathon four times, as well as 12 full and 20-plus half Ironman triathlons, in addition to more than a dozen other marathons. Andrew has also been an active volunteer for First Lego League in Virginia and D.C. for the past 14 years. First Lego League is a robotics competition for elementary and middle school students, which makes use of the Lego Mindstorm system. During his years as a First Lego League volunteer, Andrew has served on the state board for the competition, run the state and regional tournaments, emceed the state championships, and coached teams for his children. The championship tournament is in Virginia and D.C. and has achieved the status of the largest robotics competition in the world several times, with over 100 teams competing. That sounds amazing. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Andrew Rose. Andrew, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Pleased to be here. Doing great. Absolutely awesome, man. I'd like to start out the first question with an attitude of gratitude, man. What do you have to be grateful for today? Well, it's a great question. I was sitting there uh, thinking about this. Uh, I was out, I'm an East Coast guy, but I was traveling on the West Coast Monday, uh, and I got into a car wreck. Mm-hmm. I was sitting, sitting in the back of uh, a lift. Uh, and out on the 101, some of your uh, listeners will know the 101 well from California, uh, and got rear-ended. And as I'm sitting there, uh, you know, it's kind of trite, but two things came to mind. Um, is it wasn't a bad accident, so I was very happy about that. I was happy to once again have my health, my happiness, and it reminded me how little importance this trip was and how important uh, the family was back at home. Uh, it's kind of a trite thing, but it's one of those things when you hit those moments, it really reminds you about what's important. Uh, but it was funny. A second thing that came to my mind is I have spent the better part of the last two decades 
uh, working in the insurance industry, um, first starting an insurance company and now running a company called Compare.com that does insurance comparison. And I was very happy in that moment when both the uh, driver of my vehicle and the driver of the one behind got out and started talking about their insurance and knew that they would both be taken care of. Uh, it's an important industry and it reminded me of why I'm proud to work in it. Yeah, this, I, I totally get that. I never considered that from that perspective. Um, it's it's interesting when you're in the industry. Many years ago, I got into a pretty bad accident. Actually, uh, got broadsided making a left hand turn. Somebody ran through the through the intersection, and my boy and I we were just fine. Uh, and uh, I called my wife right away because at the time she was a claims agent working for State Farm. And she started saying, ask this question, make sure you get this, get this, get this, you know, very calm and stuff like that. I was very shaken up. Uh, Of course, hours later, it all hit me and I was really shaken up after that uh, as as our minds work. But it was very nice to have that knowledge and have that somebody to talk to and, you know, because it's not not something you get into all the time, you know, so you don't, it's not front of mind. It is. It happens once every ten years. Is the average uh, frequency of accidents for for people. So this is not a common occurrence. But when it does, it really freaks you out. Um, yeah. And this was not a bad accident. This was not a high speed accident or anything like that. Um, but I'm sitting there and like, ooh, you know, my back is tender. What you know? Oh, you know, did that? Uh, and all of a sudden, I moved into logistics mode with the driver because obviously I know all about insurance. I'm like, go get her, you know, get her ID, get her registration, get her this, that, and the other. And I stopped for a second. I said, are you okay? She said, yeah, I'm okay. And I'm like, you know, well, that's actually far more important than going and getting all those other cards and such. It's, are you okay? Now, the insurance company will address the damage and injuries and those kinds of things, but are you okay? You know, you're going to, you're going to be able to drive away from that uh, accident. And the lady had told me stories about her, uh, her children uh, on that ride there. And it's like, you know, that's what's important. She's going to go home that night and have dinner with her high school son. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, part of being a man of abundance, there's so many facets to the whole idea of being, having an abundant mindset. But one of them is one having perspective, you know, the important things in life but two and well i don't know if it's number two in the list but is that definitely in the list is to be insured uh you know have your have your assets insured have your body insured your life your health your vehicles your house all this kind of stuff is part of the whole financial part of being a man of abundance and we're going to get much more into what you're doing because i'm very intrigued with what it is you're doing specifically and i spoke a little bit about that before we got started here but here on Men of Abundance, we really like to get to know the man behind the abundance. So if you would, let's get a little, a little bit more personal. How would you describe yourself? <sighs> it's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a kid from the mountains of West Virginia, sort of. If you want to go to the roots of, of who I am, a single parent uh, home. Uh, I, I'm a guy that if you look at the, at the stereotypes of the statistics, I'm not supposed to be where I am, um, but I had a lot of uh, you know right and left turns that I made that ended up being very favorable for me. Uh, last week, I celebrated my 20-year wedding anniversary with my lovely wife. We have a family of, of three uh, now, so I'm a father as well. Um, you know, those things are truly uh, you know who who I am, but. When you get beyond that, it's like, what's the rest of the stuff that keeps you uh, busy outside of all those uh, th- those family things? Uh, I'm an endurance athlete. 
Um, I, and, and I'll tell you the story uh, later on, I have picked up a bug uh, a decade or so ago uh, and started doing triathlons and marathons, uh, etc. And that has become an enormously important part of both my life and our family's life. Um, and it's something that then I started to give back um, because it's something that I want to encourage uh, other kids, uh, the kids that, that come from similar uh, you know, backgrounds that might not have abundance to start with but have the opportunity to create it in their, uh, in their life. And if I can help set them on a healthy path, I want to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's not a bad bug to have. <laughs> it, it uh, my my feet, my knees, my legs at various points points in time may argue both with you and I, but uh, but it's one of those things. Uh, I love the uh, I love that kind of pain, that kind of challenge. Yeah, brother, I gotta say I have difficulty doing that because I have put many many miles on my knees with you know very heavy rucksacks and jumping out of airplanes and stuff like that for many years. So my uh, ability to Go on those distance runs like that, or any distance for that matter, is pretty limited at this point. Uh, but I do other things. I swim, and I, you know, do other things to stay active that I don't have to uh, endure so much pain. Yeah, put the pressure yeah. on my knees. They just can't handle. I could get surgery and possibly fix that, but that's just not my choice. I'd rather not do that. And you find the thing that's right for you. I mean, triathlon right. and endurance running, that's mine. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's not for everybody. You know, you, you tell some people these, these hey, I, I do triathlons, and they look at you and go, well, but I can't swim. Well, you know, then that's not for you. But there's something out there that can be your thing. Um, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, you as an individual, there isn't a single answer. Find the thing that motivates you, that drives you, that gets you out of bed each and every morning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just had a, well, in fact, the uh, episode that just posted today at the time of this recording, uh, episode 254 was with Nate Bailey and he's run, uh, he's training right now for a 200 um, mile run. He's already done a 100 mile run. Now he's training for a 200 and he does all that crazy stuff as well. So, uh, and a former lieutenant uh, in the army as well on top of that. So yeah, you know, it, it's definitely a mindset uh, that you have to work yourself into. And guys, you know, you just find your thing. I mean, some for some people, it's CrossFit. Others, it's, you know, P90X. Others, it's playing tennis or just walking the, walking around the block. Whatever it is, go, it's just got to be something to do. Go for a hike. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's the it's the simplest thing. You, you start, and, and I see these folks and say, well, but I'm overweight. Well, start with a walk around the block. Mm -hmm. And then the next week, it's, it's a walk around two blocks. Yeah. And then it's a walk around three blocks, and you know I've got my my seventy plus year old mother who uh, this uh, uh, New Year's Day our family tradition is on uh, New Year's Day we go and all do a race called the First Day Five K, and my mother happened to be with us for uh, for New Year's and she showed up at the race and I'm like you should do this, and she said you know what I will and she mm -hmm. had just had knee surgery three or four months prior to that and she said I can't run it but I can walk it yeah and lo and behold seventy plus year old finished fourth in her age group. Uh, and, you know, it's one of those things that you can do so much more if you get out of your own way. If you if you believe you can, you'll be surprised how much you can do. Oh, absolutely. You know, that is one, when you bring that up, how she just jumped into that. You know, it's easy to jump into a 5K. And I say easy because, you know, the because of the regulations and what you're 
what I'm getting at is like, you can't just jump into an average marathon. You have to work yourself up to that. But I lived in Hawaii for many years and you can jump into the, any of the half marathons and even the marathon out there. It's, you don't have to qualify for that particular marathon, which was nice to be living in Hawaii and be able to do that. And you get all kinds of, there's one guy that runs the whole thing backwards barefoot. Oh, it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you get all but, kinds you know, of people out there. That was their challenge. That yeah. was that he wanted to see if he could do it. And now, well, he does it every time. That's would just that motivate thing. me? Yeah. Well, no, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have any interest in doing that. But you <laughs> right. know what? It's his thing, and yeah. I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's something else, man. I see him all over. There's a there's a popular hike out there called Coco uh, Coco Head. And it's something like, don't quote me on this, but I, it's it's a it's a lot of steps. It's like over two thousand steps or something like that. And he does the thing up and down, barefoot. Me and my boys will walk up at once, and he'll be up and down twice before we're done once, maybe three times. The guy's just, and he's like in the sixties. He's an animal, huh? Yeah, he's something else. He's a really cool, dude. I've talked to him a couple of times. Anyway, um, one of the other uh, conversations or questions that I like to ask here is that kick in the gut moment. And I bring this up because it brings some people a little bit of pain to recall this. But I just think it's so important for listeners to realize that those that are high performers doing amazing things in their life, paying it forward to the community some way, somehow, we all have those kick in the gut moments. It's what we do with that information that sometimes changes the trajectory of our lives and what we do and who we think we were and who we are now. So if you would share with us a kick in the gut moment and really make us feel that. It, well, it's personal. Um, and uh, it's actually something quite small, but it, it was uh, one of those impactful. You, you put it in, in your notes to me to say brought you to your knees. Uh, and this is one of those few times that I did. And this is many years ago. My son was probably two years old. Um, and um, I am getting ready for work. I am, uh, you know, in my closet getting whatever clothes I was going to wear that day. And my son, you know, is, is a toddler, so he's wandering around and he's between my legs. And I'm backing out of my closet there, and he is between uh, between my legs. He's backing up, and I don't realize my son had put his fingers um, on the hinge of the door. Um, not the where you close it part, but all the way over the hinges. Mm -hmm. And I pulled the door closed mm. on his fingers. Now you go, what's the big deal you know, about mm. this? He screamed like you would not uh, believe. And I looked down and there his little tiny hand is stuck in the hinges of the doors. I'd closed the door all the way. I didn't, you know, I didn't know his hand was there and he is screaming and I opened the door and, you know, I looked down at him and his fingers are all just bent. You know, they're, they're, it's not what they should look like. Right. And I literally fell apart. Um, and for me, let's be clear, my, my wife comes running in, sees it. We've taken the doctor. They weren't even broken because, the, you know, their bones are so soft at that, right. uh, at that age. He, he ended up being just fine. But it, it was so powerful a moment for me of, how being a father uh, and doing anything and seeing any kind of harm to your children, let alone harm that you caused, un completely unintentional, mm -hmm. um, the power uh, of fatherhood and uh, what I would be willing to do in my life to protect those, uh, those children and how important uh, they were and how everything else was unimportant. I don't care what meeting I had that morning. I don't care what was going on. Everything dropped for uh, for family for my, my son in that moment, and it dropped me to my knees literally uh, there. So when I saw your note there, it uh, it brought back that story 
uh, to my head. Normally, you'd like to you know talk about uh, something work related, but it was that for me—a uh, a very personal, small thing, but impactful for me. No, no, yeah, that was that was perfect. And brother, I tell you, I definitely felt that. I've got three boys, and <laughs> I've been through situations similar to that for sure. And I can definitely feel that one, man. So, you know, it's one of those things that you, you know, good thing he was, everything was good. And you're right, you know, their bones are so pliable at that age. But what's going through your mind and just the blood rushing to your head and just all of your body, it's just such a crazy feeling to, uh, to feel that. And goodness yeah i definitely feel that one <laughs> yeah and and it it, uh, it came back um two or three years ago i have a son and, and two daughters but uh i uh we'll get to this in a second but as i said i have an addiction to uh triathlons and such and i live on the east coast but i happen to be north of vancouver in whistler british columbia uh to uh, do a triathlon and it is a saturday late afternoon my race is sunday morning and i get a call from my wife saying my son is sick like, oh, you know, so you're going to take him to the doctor. Yeah, his stomach is really hurting him. So he takes him to the doctor. Um, and about an hour later, you know, I've just got this odd feeling. Um, and, and I call my wife again and says, we're at the doctor, but he's getting pretty bad. I'm, I'm not sure what this is. And uh, she calls about 10 minutes later and says, they sent us to the hospital. We're going right now. Um, and again, it was one of those uh, moments. Um, I was registered for, you know, to do a half Ironman triathlon. Um, I dropped everything. I uh, drove the two and a half hours uh, south in the middle of the night, caught the first flight out and flew back, sadly not landing back on the East Coast before my son had an emergency appendectomy. Um, and, you know, one of those things again, but it, it was that reminder of as much as I love doing triathlons and those kinds of things, nothing pales family first. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I got to admit, there was a time in my life where I would scoff at something like that. And I would be like, oh, everything's going to be okay. This is more important, you know, that was going on in my life, something professionally related. And it was, to me, I looked back on it and I was like, what a selfish ass, you know, honestly. But at the same time, I was in the military, so it's not like I could just, it was so easy to just tell my commander, I can't go on this mission, you know, because I got this going on at home. Everybody else has got stuff going on at home, too, Carmichael, you know, they say something of that nature. And, uh, you know, but things have changed over over time. But as I grow older, I'm like, you know what, it doesn't matter at this point. That doesn't matter. I got to get to where my family's at and i get it some guys aren't in the position to always be able to make those decisions without some serious repercussion but Um, when you can't but when you can and and, and that's the 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 challenge is finding those moments um and i think you really have to challenge yourself because you can find oh i need to go on this work trip or i need to do uh, that and in many cases you do but what I found is I can make a lot more of my children's activities than I thought I could if I said, you know what, I'm going to do that first. How do I make work work around it? And suddenly 70, 80, 90 percent of the time, not 100 percent, let's be clear, I have missed my fair share of my children's activities and it hurts every time. Uh, but when you make that a priority, you will make a lot more of them than you would otherwise. Right. So how do you do that? It's a choice. Uh, it's a conscious choice. It's it, for me uh, keeping a an incredibly detailed calendar. 
Mm. Um, knowing when things are going on, have an incredibly supportive wife who um, enables me to figure out, okay, how can I finagle this particular thing? I have literally watched my uh, sons and daughters track meets uh, from the edge of the fence as I'm about to drive to the airport uh, to go catch a flight. I will make it incredibly inconvenient for myself taking the last flight of the day or the 7 or the 5.35 a.m. flight the next morning so that you can be there. Um, and you've got to be willing to take those inconveniences, take those pains, if that stuff's important to you. Um, and again, I'm not perfect, no stretch of the imagination, um, but I make a lot more of it when I'm willing to make those kinds of sacrifices. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you said the calendar because that's exactly what I do. Uh, when, I, when an event I'm notified of an event going on at school or my wife's got something going on she needs to get to, it goes on my calendar, partly because she... <laughs> She'll, sometimes she'll forget her own. She'll be like, what time was that appointment I told you I had? I was like, oh, it's on my calendar. Um, but I, I'll do that. And if, it, and if I notice that it's an important event that is in the place of something, let's say, like a, a conversation I'm going to have with somebody, I will move the conversation yep. uh, just because I can do that. And I will get with whoever I'm going to have a conversation with. Can I, can I do it earlier? Can I do it later? Can we do it the next day? Whatever. We'll figure something out. But this part, of, and I'll just say, generally, I won't even say it's because my kids got this event. I'll say because I got another appointment. This will, you know, that takes precedence. It's nobody else's Some, business. Yep. All right, totally. I'll just put it out there. So if I ever do that to you. That might be what we're doing. <laughs> Understood. Understood. <laughs> awesome, man. So that's important. And, and that's, again, that's just another part of those aspects of being a man of abundance. So here's the thing, man. Uh, one of the things, two things that really intrigued me about what we're, why we're talking today. Uh, one is because, quite frankly, um, Interview Valet introduced us, and I just love Interview Valet, and they, they love my show and always know who to connect me with. But the other thing is, one, the insurance, and also I want to make sure that we talk about your um, interaction or your, uh, what's the, um, participation with First Lego League. Never mm. heard of it. My son mm. is a master builder. I've got his certificate right here on the wall, one of my prize uh, certificate certifications I have on the wall <laughs> that he got from the school. And that's super intriguing. I love that. But let's talk about what you're doing professionally. Professionally, I run a company called Compare.com, um, and it it resonates with who I am and what I do because I hate wasting money. Um, it, it's it's one of those things. I'm a frugal guy. Uh, I'm sitting here talking to you from from a hotel, and I, I won't tell you who it is, but I can tell you I'm taking their soaps and shampoo back with me because uh, <laughs> I hate wasting things. Uh, and when I've been in the auto insurance industry for for many years, as I t as I told you, um, and uh, I see how much money people waste. And over your lifetime, uh, depending on how frequently you shop, if you shop frequently, um, it, you'll, be, you'll tend to find um, savings more often. But there's lots of people who will buy their insurance and they'll let it sit for 5, 10, 15, 20, sometimes 25 plus years, never checking to see if they've got the best deal, let alone the right coverage. Um, and we created Compare.com. Because Compare.com lets you simply, in one place, search for auto insurance, getting lots of prices back from lots of insurance companies with an apples-to-apples -apples coverage comparison. And doing so on a regular basis for a family could save you between twenty dollars and $50,000 over your lifetime. 
20 to 50K. When you start thinking about those numbers, you know, you see the ads on TV saying when you switched, you saved 200, 400, 500, $700. Well, imagine checking that on a regular basis and making sure that you're not with one of the more expensive insurers. Still a good insurer, let's be clear. You want to make sure you're with, you know, with a good insurer. But why waste that money? That's, that's college tuition. That's a new car. That's a down payment on a home. That's retirement savings. That's whatever it is for you. Don't waste that money. That's why we created Compare.com. We wanted to make it easier for people to find and ultimately save on their auto insurance. Yeah, that's a very good point. First, uh, a couple of key points I want to touch on there. Um, being uh, Having traveled as much as I have, we relocate constantly uh, over 25 years since I was on active duty. And every time we relocated, the first thing we would do is look at new insurance companies because if we're in Hawaii, then one company was better for us than it was in Texas. It's all about the location. Same thing. Now we're in Tampa and one company is better than all the others. Uh, but the way I would do that is as I would sit on the phone and I would call or I would do now they have the online and I would do it online and check and see and then call or whatever. And I would, there's about three to five different companies that I would always work with that I would try to communicate with and see if I can get a better deal. Well, one of the questions I have about compare.com is just recently having moved uh, to Tampa within the last year, I got onto, I was searching online and there was this one thing that said, I don't know, it, I don't think it was compare.com. I'm pretty sure it wasn't. Um, but it was another service where, and it was, I just put in my information to compare insurance companies. Next thing I know, I'm getting phone call after phone call after phone call from, I don't know how many, I just had to, it was just ridiculous. Stop answering. Stop yeah, answering just stop it. Well, and anyway, I very seldom answer my phone from a phone number I don't recognize unless it's local and it might be different and I'm expecting a call. But it got and I got so many emails. It was just ridiculous, and it was Drives just it drove me nuts. So I'm hoping that, <laughs> that's my question. You get my question, right? Is it because yeah, I'm, I'm actually halfway through? I'm part of the way through. Um, Compare.com for myself. I was checking it out myself, and I'm at the point where I'm adding contact details, and I'm like, yep. Er. yep. Well, we hate that stuff. That's why we created Compare.com as well is because those websites exist out there. They're called lead generators. Right. Um, and what they do is they get your details and then they sell it over and over and over again. And those people that buy it will phone you and will email you. I, I haven't done it in years because I don't want that experience that you've just described. But I actually had um, our parent company is in the uh, in the U.K., and my colleagues over there didn't have any other U.S. people's address, phone number, and details. So when they ran a test, they put in my details. And next thing you know, I got exactly the experience you did, phone calls and emails. Over the span of three weeks, I got 50 phone calls. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't even know how many emails I got. It's not what I wanted. It's a horrible experience. And 99% of the U.S. population doesn't want that. You know, If I wanted a call from that company, I would have called them. What I want is an ability to go online, enter my details in one spot, have that site go out to a bunch of insurance companies and bring back their prices and have no one bother me 
unless I want to talk to them. Yes. That's what Compare.com does. We wanted a consumer experience that you would value. So go ahead and finish that up. See, particularly for yourself, because it sounds like you have a military background. You'll mm-hmm. find USAA on our platform. You'll find Liberty Mutual. You'll find MetLife. You'll get an email from Geico with quotes. You'll find tons and tons of carriers that you know. But here's the other bit. You said you would check three to five carriers that you knew. There are 300 auto insurance companies in the U.S. So the probability that in the three to five that you would typically check that you found the best deal and the best product for you, incredibly low. So by going on compare, you won't get everybody because not everybody works with us, but you will get a much larger universe of people willing to give you prices back. And you'll either find out one of two things, that you can save a ton of money, great, or that you already have a good price which is peace of mind. So mm-hmm. either way, that five to 10 minutes you spend on our website will be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely going to finish it because we just happen to be in a zip code that I know doing my own research is one of the highest zip codes because I don't, I don't know, accidents or whatever it is. Um, it's just a bad, not a great zip code to live in insurance wise. Otherwise, I love this area yeah, that I'm in. A small thing like that, people don't realize they move from one zip code to another and their insurance can go way up. It's why we tell people, Mm -hmm. just take a few minutes. And once you've put your information into compare.com, six months later, come back and just say, re-quote. You don't have to enter your details in again. So we become a simple way for you to every six, 12 months, just check and see. Costs you nothing. There's no obligation. But you can verify if you're still getting the best deal for you. Really cool. Really cool. I like it. Yeah, and I'm definitely going to do that because we've also got a inexperienced driver, a new driver on our uh, insurance as well, which that alone you, pushed us you up. definitely and, uh, <laughs> need to shop. Yep, that's the time. And, and it's, like I said, it's been to four or five different um, companies we've worked with. Ironically enough, USAA has consistently been the very highest, and their agents can't even figure out why. Uh, credit scores, excellent, you know, all this type of stuff. So, Everybody, yeah, I'm definitely going to use the service. Everybody's different. Yeah. Uh, and in certain cases, USA will be the best for people. In certain cases, it won't. Some cases, it's Geico. Some cases, mm-hmm. it's Main Street Insurance Company. It's Acuity. It's Liberty Mutual. It's it, it varies by – there is no such thing as the cheap insurance company. It yeah. varies by person. You got to shop. For us, depending on the area, it's generally yep. been between Geico and Progressive. Progressive mm-hmm. in Texas, Geico in Hawaii, and, and here in Florida as well. Um, there you go. By far, Geico by far just beats everybody else out in, for us in Hawaii and here. Progressive in Texas. It's just, yeah, it's interesting how that works out like that. But yep. guys, just definitely take the, take a look at this because it's just like when I get into a business and I go look at it as a as a a business consultant or a coach, depending on the relationship we're going to have, one of the first thing I do is look at their financials and go through and see how much money they're wasting on, you know, how they're buying their products, their insurance, their, uh, you know, accounts and all this kind of stuff. And I save them just thousands of dollars just by looking at stuff that they haven't looked at in three, five, 10, 30 years. It's ridiculous. Uh, So don't do that to yourself personally, because you have a lot of accounts out there that you're paying for and you feel loyalty to a particular company. And I assure you, uh, they don't feel loyalty to you. Uh, and you know, in most cases you got to shop around to save that money, man. That's just so important. You got it. Yeah, absolutely. So I dig it, man. So let's get into some really fun stuff. 
what are you doing with this Lego? And I looked at the website. I looked at a couple of videos. Uh, I like the system that you guys use. The um, my my boys got a couple of the uh, Mindstorm systems, the Lego Mindstorm systems. But how did you get into that? And what exactly are you doing there? Uh, well, how did you get into it? When a rainstorm strikes in Orlando, I think it was in 2001 or 2002, and you run into a store, you don't expect that event to be uh, life altering. In our particular case, my wife and I, it was. We were down there for a, uh, a conference, and we were in downtown Disney, um, and a thunderstorm strikes, and so we run into the Lego store, because who doesn't like Legos? Mm-hmm. And we're wandering around the Lego store looking at all these different thing, uh, things, and my wife and I are both uh, alums of Virginia Tech. And lo and behold, there's a gentleman standing there with a, uh, a button on his shirt that says, Virginia Tech, love an engineer. And my wife will strike up a conversation with anyone. She's lovely. Uh, and she strikes up a conversation with this gentleman. And he happened to be the state director for Virginia First Lego League. And he says, you got to come over and, and, and see this, uh, this tournament. We're doing it over at Epcot. So the next day, my wife and I go over to Epcot just for a few minutes, drive by. Let's see what this thing is. And it was fascinating. You see all of these kids, 9 to 14-year-olds, and they've built these robots out of Legos to do all these different missions. And the energy, the enthusiasm, the passion for science and technology, a STEM program, it got us. And so the guy said, give me your email address. Well, next thing you know, we are creating a tournament for him. Next thing you know, I have now served, I think, for 15 years as the MC of the uh, regional state tournament uh, there for Virginia. We're one of the largest regions in the world for uh, First Lego Leagues Robotic. All of our children have uh, participated in the program from the time they were eligible until they aged out. My son is now in the robotics program in the, in the high school. It's become who we are. So for the last 17 years... My wife and I have volunteered in various capacities for uh, First Lego League. It's one of the best STEM programs um, I have seen out there for kids who love the build, who love programming, who love science and technology. Fantastic program. Highly encourage you if you've got a kid in the 9 to 14 year old age, doesn't cost that much to create a, uh, a team and they're playing with Legos. And you as a coach, you get to play with Legos too. So dads mm-hmm. and moms out there that you know have this closet addiction to Legos, here's a way to legitimize it. That is so, so awesome. My oldest boy who just turned 25, um, <laughs> he was in a, he was the captain of his robotics club in, in his, in the high school in Hawaii. And he's a programmer and I just love the competition. In fact, he had a team that went down one of the other teams that went down because they had a programming problem with their robot and he went over and fixed their programming problem so that they could get back into the competition which i just thought was amazing i said that's my boy that is so awesome they call it uh, they call it cooperation you know it it is it is as much about competing as it is cooperating and they they the ultimate champion in these tournaments is not the team who scores the highest on the competition floor it is the sum of all the act you know all the components and so those kinds of actions teach kids just as much as winning on that particular competition floor, those are the ones that end up getting the champions awards. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I, I want to compete with, with, I don't want to be out there and win by default. That's no fun. You know, I want to be out there and win, you know, or Fair even square. just win in the, in the, you know, the whole idea of, 
you know, we just collaborated and worked together. But I love the whole idea. My youngest is, I mean, he just builds and builds and builds. He's constantly building something. He will hardly ever build. He may build together. We will build by design. But then next day, he's got it completely torn apart and built something completely different, uh, which I love. I just love the creativity of it all. So I'm really looking forward into getting more into that. And since we're right here, matter of fact, we're going to be at Universal Studios tomorrow. We're going to hit three. We're annual pass holders at Universal and Disney. So um, we've been in the Lego store over there at at Disney, uh, Disney Springs, which is absolute blast, but we are definitely going to be checking that out. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, when I saw that, I was like, Lego first, what is this? That is so cool. And I've already shown him the videos too. (laughs) He's digging it. Absolutely. Very cool, man. So brother, we are at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Absolutely. Excellent. So share one to three actionable steps men of abundance can take today. Well, I, uh, I use stay committed. Um, I've done this triathlon thing. I'm, I'm 17. I'm into 17 Ironmans now. I've done half a dozen or a couple dozen uh, half Ironmans here. Um, when you pick something to do, it's not going to be easy. Um, and one of the things that I push folks on is you've got to stay committed. Um, I have a wonderful lady that's worked for me for 10 years and uh, she wanted to get back in shape. And I said, you got to get through that third day. You got to get through that first week and it'll become part of a pattern, part of a routine for you. Stay committed. Fight through those desires to say, you know what, I'll just take today off. You can't. You got to do it. Stay committed. Yeah, I like that. Go ahead. Number uh, two, and I tell my children this one every single day, there's lots of things that are going to happen to you each and every day. Uh, but the one thing that you can do each morning is choose your attitude. Mm. Uh, and I said, choose a good one. Um, you can decide that today is going to be a good day. It might not end up being that way. But if you come in with that attitude, there's a much higher probability that it will turn out that way and that you can influ- influence events along the way to make it a positive day. And then another one that I learned growing up in the mountains of West Virginia, um, no one um, is better than you and you are no better than anybody else. So smile, be kind to everyone. Uh, You know, I I tell my folks or I tell my uh, my kids that, you know, you don't know what job you're going to have in life um, and you're going to be serving someone uh, no matter who it is. So from that standpoint, make sure that anybody that serves you, you thank them. You do it with a smile. You be kind. Man, I love that. Absolutely love that. Totally resonates with who we are here at Men of Abundance. Thanks for sharing that. What are the rituals that make the biggest impact in your life? You mentioned a couple, but what are some specific? Uh, Exercise. Um, I am nearly religious uh, about it. Uh, In a month, it will be 30 of 31 days. Um, I think it is an incredibly powerful way to start your day, to clear your mind, to give you a chance to think about what's important and what you're going to do uh, that that day. Um, Another one is to get outside uh, nature. Um, It it is so important to uh, just be outside. Um, it, it fills your, your day and, and, it, and it can be challenges sometimes if you're in a big city, but I don't care if it's, it's New York, it's Chicago, there are wonderful parks, go for a walk over lunch, clear your mind, see some trees, listen to some birds. It makes a big difference. I love it. What are you reading or listening to that you'd recommend to our abundant leaders and why? I, this is one thing I don't do is I don't recommend uh, books to folks. 
um, because I think it's a personal thing. I think you've got to find what works for you. The one thing I will say, and there's a lot of folks out there that don't read in this day and age, that uh, that just listen to um, podcasts, which are important, that just do the but you need to still engage with a book once a month. And I started uh, with a friend of mine, a book club. Uh, and this was probably six or seven years ago uh, now. And I make sure that I consume one book every month, at least, um, as a way just to continue to stretch my mind, different perspectives. Sometimes it's fiction, sometimes it's nonfiction. Find what's right for you. Trial and error is the, uh, is, is the best way to do it. Yeah, I like that advice. I really do. What do you find that is beneficial to you about being part of a book club the discussion um because reading a book is wonderful and, and i will take away a variety of insights um but what we do with, with this book club is we'll, we'll my wife's book club they meet every single month i don't know what it is about a guy's book club but we'll read books three or four months and then we'll finally say hey let's get together for lunch and we will discuss them and the debate and the dialogue um, is quite interesting because they'll bring out perspectives in the book that I didn't see. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's what's different about just reading a book yourself versus doing it as part of a book club. Somebody else will challenge a perspective that you came away with. Or if it is a, uh, a book that might be self-help oriented or something like that, somebody else will take something away that you didn't that you might on second thought go, you know what, I didn't pull that out, but I see your point. I really like that. It, it's You're helping to teach each other. Yeah, that's super important. I really dig that. And these days, guys, you don't have to meet in person. If you're doing this with guys that are in other states or other countries, you can jump on a Zoom call and sit there and dialogue that way. You know, you can even set up a free Zoom account and you can do it. You can speak to up to 10 guys at one time for up to 40 minutes for free. It doesn't cost anything. And there's other platforms out there as well. Absolutely. One of my book club members is in the UK now. Uh, so absolutely, you know, setting up a lunch date is kind of expensive now, so we can do it, uh, we can do it via video conference. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's so awesome, man. I love the technology we have these days. What, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Fear. It, you know, it, it's, it's a strange thing, but, uh, getting outside of your comfort zone. Um, and I think about when I, uh, went after my first triathlon and when you do an Ironman, uh, there are a whole bunch of moments out there. I don't care if you're a professional or a complete novice that you don't want to do this anymore. Um, but a willingness to say, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. I'm not going to be afraid to fail. Um, you will not succeed every time. Um, but when, if you never take the risk, you never have a chance to succeed. Yeah, totally so. agree, man. One of the things I tell guys, you know, and they say, well, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Well, let me let me help you with that right now. Um, you're going to. Yep. So they're done. Don't be afraid of that no more. Just expect it to happen. It's part of the learning process, man. Uh, so now let's move on. Yes. <laughs> Some people look at me like I'm crazy, which I am, and I dig that, but that's the bottom line, man. It is, uh, I tell again, because racing is such an important part of uh, my family, is um, I told my kids, it's like they were there when I won my first ever race in my 40s. I was like, listen, I lost every race I had ever run, hundreds of them, hundreds and hundreds of races. I'd lost every one of them until my early 40s when I finally won my first race. So, so you better be comfortable with failure because that's going to happen a lot. Or mm-hmm. you've got to figure out a way to define success that enables you to keep going. For mm-hmm. me, winning the race 
wasn't success? Was I doing better? Was I happy with my results? Did I give my best and challenge myself to do uh, the best I could do in that particular race? That was success for me. Yeah, and enjoying the journey along the way, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what does being a man of abundance mean to you? I would come back to that, that same point, challenging myself. Um, it, it is is one of those things, and it sort of comes from both a professional, a personal, um, a, a family life, is being willing to challenge yourself in all those different aspects. That's the important part for me. Get up each day and being willing to take a step into the unknown. Excellent, man. Excellent. We are going to have compare.com linked up in the show notes. But before I let you go, is there any other way that our guys can get a hold of you, find out more about you? And what did we not talk about you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today? Find the thing that makes you healthy. Um, and one of the organizations we didn't get to talk about was another one that I'm uh, on the board of. It's called Fit for Kids. Um, and, it, and it's a way to get kids both exercising and eating healthy. Um, that is an important part. I don't care who you are. Uh, you got this little thing in your body called a heart and it beats. Uh, make sure you do something to make it healthy each and every day. You need to reach me. I'm at andrew.rose at compare.com. Excellent. Love it. I'll have all that linked up in the show notes. I greatly appreciate your time, man. I really appreciate this service. I'm going to be checking it out myself, sharing it with others. Go out and live your life of abundance, Andrew, and just keep paying it forward because I really, really dig what you're doing, and I'm going to get involved in some of that myself. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, guys, I'm going to make your action steps very simple for this episode, and that is just take action on what it is that you personally have been wanting to do. Maybe you set some New Year's resolution. I'm not much into that. Although I will tell you that I started ramping up for my business back in November. And momentum, Big Mo, you know who Big Mo is? Big Mo is all over me right now. I've got so much momentum, super pumped up. But listen, this is about you. I want you to take action on whatever it is that you've been holding on to. You've got it written down. If you don't have it written down, write it down, then take action on whatever it is that you feel you need to work on, whether it's your health, your relationships, your finances, your business, get that promotion at work, whatever it is that you need to do to do that, whatever it is, take small actions, take small steps, all right? They will pay off by the end of the year. Now, go out, live your life of abundance, and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.